Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And as a part of our San Diego Comic Con coverage, what we have here is the Dysfunctional Skywalker panel moderated by Chris Gore that I was very thrilled to appear on before and after this on the iTunes feed or the RSS feed there is a group of other Comic Con related stuff interviews with Funko and Hasbro and tons of little Star Wars fan interviews as we go and if you are a Chris Gore fan check out Steel Wars episode 135, which was a live episode recorded at Nerd Melt's Meltdown Showroom that also features the hilarious Jenny Nicholson. But now, let's get to that panel. And a quick warning, there are some infrequent pieces of coarse language, so if you are around sensitive ears, move along! This is not the Steel Wars episode you are looking for. But there's tons of others that are completely clean, so check them out. But if you're still down, let's go. Welcome San Diego Comic-Con 2017 attendees! How is your con? I love your enthusiasm. My name is Chris Gore, and you are here for an awesome Star Wars panel. I'm so excited to see you guys all here uh, just as the convention floor closes. But we're here to talk about Star Wars. Because... We are all veterans of one war. (laughs) Star Wars! (laughs) And we're going to talk about the root of all evil in the Star Wars universe. No, it's not the dark side. It's bad parenting. (laughs) I have brought together a Jedi Council of Star Wars fans, experts, filmmakers, comedians, collectors, across the spectrum of the Star Wars galaxy to discuss this very important topic. Let me introduce them all right here. My friend, comedian Tommy Bechtold. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. All the way from Australia, he's here. Friend of mine also, comedian Steel Saunders. Hey, guys. How you doing? And from Jemmer.com and the Figure Fights show on YouTube, Chelsea Blackstone. Also from the 91 Reasons podcast and the Jemmer Collector cast, Jeff Tucker. And you know him from Collider Heroes. He's a nerd, a filmmaker. He will make you believe a documentary can fly (laughs) with a Superman documentary. John Schnapp! What's up? So excited you guys are here because uh, basically what we're doing on this panel is having a conversation we would normally have just if we're sitting around talking with each other. In this case, though, there's an audience. So we're going to jump right into it. Let's, we're going to talk about all the Star Wars movies in order, starting with Episode 1. We'll, we'll be doing some speculation about Episode 8 at the end. But we're going to talk about some of the moral choices that have been made in the Star Wars universe and where things went wrong. <laughs> For example, when a little boy, a slave boy, forced to work retail... <laughs> for Watto on Tatooine. 
little young Anakin Skywalker. Where do thing goes, things go wrong there? Here he is. The Jedi were able to basically, first of all, uh, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn cheats in order to get uh, little Anakin in the race, right? Then he can't get his mother out of slavery. This is sort of a weird time. John, what do you think? We're going to start with John and we'll go all the way down. What were some of the bad choices that we saw that sort of led to Anakin's downfall starting in episode one? All right, there's a lot. I'll just, I'll just name a couple that bugged me right off the bat. Him building C-3PO. <laughs> like every, it's like, what are the seven people in this entire galaxy and they're all related or they built the robots? I, I just think it makes everything so much smaller. When I mean, you know, we're at Comic-Con, there's 100,000 people here. I probably know about 3,000 people. That's a lot. But that's not, I mean, you know, that's a lot of people. It's not like six, so... I'll just start with there. So yeah. someone else start ripping on it. I don't know, man. I'm related to like four people on this panel. <laughs> now, that's, Jeff, how, that's how big a Star Wars fan I am. Jeff Tucker, you're uh, unique in the sense that you're such a Star Wars fan that, and your family is here in the audience. Uh, will you tell us? You're, you know. I mean, my first kid was born in 97, right around the time of the special edition. So I named him legally Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That's how big a fan I am. I'm a good parent, though. I'm a father. I stuck around. The problem, <laughs> the problem is that they asked me, like, where did Anakin come from? And she's like, well, there was a gathering of the Force. What does that mean? Is that a kegger? What happened? <laughs> did a bunch of Jedi show up? And they're like, hey, look at her. Shmi's. And then suddenly there's a kid? He comes from nowhere. She's a single parent. She's maybe the worst single parent in the universe. Not only has she got the kid working retail, but there's a bomb in his neck. Like, there's a line of dialogue where they're like, you've run away, there's a bomb in your neck. They're like, this is bad parenting 101, man. <laughs> so you, where do you go from there, it just gets worse. You know what's funny? I completely forgot about that thing, about that there's a bomb in their, in their yeah. neck, and they never paid that off. Yeah, George, no, 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 George I, Lucas forgot about it as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Chelsea. I like to watch Running Man. Like, oh. at the same time, because the guy's, like, Fleetwood Mac, does his head blow up or something in the, in the Mick Fleetwood? It's awesome. And Snake Plissken. Yes. <laughs> Chelsea, where do you, where do you, what, what choices do you see that are sort of bad ideas in this, in, in, in episode one? Okay, well, let's, let's look at, we put a kid in a piece of untested technology, send him hurtling through a gorge, which I have to say, by the way, feels like it was uh, designed with a video game in mind. The Pretty much. In mind. Um, yeah. But we send him hurtling through a gourd. We find out he's never finished before, and he's in this untested pod. And I mean, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's good. It's good. And, and that always, I'm sitting there going, this kid's like, what, eight? Like, who's, who's going who's gonna to let him race? And then they, they, all the race officials are like, yeah, let him go. Let him go. And I think, I think that was probably a really bad idea. Bad parenting. <laughs> Show of hands, uh, in hindsight, who wants the kid to crash? <laughs> there we go. The eyes have it. Solve a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. He would have become Darth Vader much sooner if he had been in that fiery crash. I know, right? I mean, he lost like, a limb. Like a little kid gets taken to the hospital all burnt and comes out like a little tiny Darth Vader uniform. <laughs> There's a movie right there. Steel, where do, you, where, where, where do you see in episode one the things that just went wrong? Well, I think your point about that he was only eight and he, you sent him on this race he's never finished, it's like, it's only eight. It's still time to make another one. You can't or like a do-over. How attached do you get to a child in eight years? <laughs> I don't know. The bad mistake of the whole saga is when uh, Shmi says, just go, don't look back. No, stay. Look back. That's where it went wrong. A few glances, maybe let's watch your text number, mom, or something. Stay in contact. That, yeah, that does seem really weird. There's no Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You check on what his mom was up to. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just come back once you've been attacked and you're hanging out with a you know, guy in a floaty chair. Tommy, so Anakin's whisked away by the Jedi, right. leaves his mother at a young age. Right to go basically to Jedi training school. Yeah, well, Chris, for me, I'm a, a child of divorce. For, so for me, the entirety of episode one checked out. I felt like it was pretty clean. Uh, when I was eight years old, my dad let me compete uh, in a hole-in-one contest uh, with other adults. 
So I didn't see anything wrong with him being in uh, space NASCAR. <laughs> I mean, I was wielding a golf club, also a deadly weapon. So I guess for my money, I would have said put him in more danger. <laughs> and you know, that's how kids grow up. You know, you send them down to the to the pond with a fishing pole and a worm, and you say, "Don't come back till you have dinner." But didn't, I mean, no one even mentioned the fact that it's like, hey, go hide in a spaceship that's on autopilot that will take you into outer space right. to battle the Trade Federation. Mm. No, I, I, no one even mentioned that. I mean, that just seems like a bad idea. They even say stay there. Yeah. Stay there in that ship that's just on autopilot. And he listened, kind of. So he's a good listener. It's, but that is bad advice. It's like, to be safe, stay in the fireworks shed. If it gets too dark, he's a wider. <laughs> but now I think it brings in a question like the whole Jedi Order. Is this how it really works? You've got sort of this, you know, big brother uh, boys club kind of thing where you have older Jedi adopting younger Jedi to teach them from a, a young age, right? The younglings. Does that really work? I mean, shouldn't, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I think it's kind of like the big brothers of America if they handed each kid a weapon. Because they're like, we're adopting you. Remember the training scene where they're like standing next to each other, waving the lightsaber back and forth? These things cut off limbs. Right, right. There's no safety. It's all good. There's no parents. Again, there's no parents around. Well, that, I mean, that's a good segue into episode two. The romantic episode of the prequels. And the cringe is exactly right. Especially if you've seen the honest trailers on YouTube that basically just sort of proves that Anakin's kind of a creeper. I mean, he definitely is. He's definitely a little creeper when, when it comes to Padme. John, what are your thoughts on, on episode two and the things that, that, you know, as the story progressed, other things that, that, that just sort of went wrong? I hate sand. <laughs> uh, you know, I felt, I've always felt bad for Hayden Christensen uh, because, you know, George Lucas doesn't really like to direct actors. He's just, you know, if you're a good actor and you're, you've come to the role prepared, he's just going to have you say the line three times, you know, say it faster, say it faster again. And that's his school of directing. And I mean, sometimes it works and sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. And, work, and acting against green screen is really difficult for uh, like brand new actors, I think. And then on top of that, acting against green screen while you're talking to a green tennis ball is even harder. You know, so I mean, a lot of people like rip on him for his acting. I have to, you know, say, look, man, he, the, you know, the, 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 everything was stacked against him. He got a lot better in um, Revenge of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. So I mean, I feel like, you know, he's it, pretty wooden in that film. So, you know, but there's a lot of other problems in, you know, Attack of the Clones besides him. Dooku, uh, I felt was really underplayed. I mean, I, I, I was like, when are they going to call him Dark Terranist? Never. <laughs> just never going to. There's a toy of him, and that's it. So. Well, I mean, it's weird. Just, just, I mean, Anakin maybe never, perhaps never had a role model when it come to, came to, like, healthy male-female relationships because Obi-Wan doesn't really... Have a girlfriend. Right. I don't. I, I don't really know how that how that works with the Jedi Order. Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's never explained. It's just like we don't have boyfriends or girl. We don't have girlfriends. Okay, fine. Here's your sword. I mean, there's nothing. They never explain any of it. And they're so stilted emotionally because he's ripped from his mother. He takes off. He shows up in time to save her after she's been gang raped by the Tusken Raider. <laughs> I mean, that's the plot. He shows up just in time for her to go like. So he wraps her up, put her on his motorcycle, rides home. He comes in and Padme goes, what's wrong? I don't know, my mother's corpse is on the back of the motorcycle? This might be a problem. This guy's got real issues here. And, and Obi-Wan's no help. He just chokes his beard. Well, your mother's dead. Yeah. From a certain point of view. But, but glass half full, it was a sweet bike. Oh yeah, it's a sweet ride. It looks great in the sunset, except for the corpse on the back. <laughs> And also, also, what kind of sucks for Anakin? There's no Force Ghost mom. You know, if his mom, if his mother was strong in the Force, it would be Force a Force Ghost mom all the time. Which actually, uh, that no, might be that would be, be kind of a, that would be horrible. You're not allowed to have a girlfriend, and there's the ghost of your mom every time you're in a room by yourself. Ah. No buys, no buys. Yeah. Yeah, he murdered all the children. 
little, little Tuscan Raider children, which I don't think raped the mom. I think it was just, you know, splash. But I like the gamut of, like, pickup lines that he uses against uh, Nellie Portman. It's like, I don't like sand. That one didn't work. Hey, I killed an entire village. Yeah. That's where she, that really, she gets turned on at that point, yeah. I'm haunted by the kiss you never should have given me. <laughs> Chelsea, where, where, where do you stand on the romance of episode two, or lack thereof? What kisses have you been haunted by? A few. Um, <laughs> um, so, for me, I gotta say, at some point, somebody's gotta look at this guy and go, he's not right in the head. He's, he's got some issues. I mean, back to episode one just for a second. You, you go, hey, yeah, leave your mom on the slave planet. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, you seem a little upset. Here's the most dangerous glow stick in the universe. Have a good time, kid. Feel better. Mm -hmm. Feel better. And, and so, and then, you know, his mom dies, he murders a village, and they're like, nah, keep it, it's cool. It's cool. Right. You know, the biggest red flag in Phantom Menace is Qui-Gon Jinn is the only father he's ever really known for like a week and a half, right? Um, he's, de he's dead. They're burning his corpse in front of him, and Anakin goes, so what's gonna happen to me? I mean, smack the kid. It's a funeral, man. Shut up. Wait 10 minutes before you figure out where your toys are going. You know what I mean? Am I staying with the little green guy or the tall guy? I don't know. Good point. Tommy, you're, you're, Tommy you're, your episode two thoughts as the story progresses. Well, Chris, I'm a child of divorce, so pretty much everything that happened in episode two checks out for me. Young, uh, young boys are always drawn to older women in power positions. When I was a tot, there was a head lifeguard at my community pool named Wendy Van Graflin. That's really her name, and I gotta tell you, I showed up at that pool every day at 8 a.m. I'm not an exerciser, but I swam laps like I was Michael Phelps trying to impress Wendy. So I understand taking out a whole village. Much like I was swimming two to three laps before passing out from exhaustion, he <laughs> murdered an entire village. And both of our heroic deeds were rewarded. That's awesome. By inappropriate kisses. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for applauding child trauma. Okay, can, can anyone answer for me on this panel, just anyone blurt out, why did they get married at the end of episode two? Can anyone explain what was the purpose of the secret wedding with the little with Anakin's metal hand at the end of this weird ceremony? What were they getting married for? I mean, what was their space wedding all about? I think they needed to exchange midi chlorians. <laughs> but once you lose your hand, you realize that life's moving pretty fast, and you've got to make some commitments now. But people say that like George Lucas you know, hadn't all, had it all planned out. It's perfect. Like if you've got this kid with a rat's tail telling this chick that like I don't like sand as a pickup line, like it's obviously their kids are going to end up making out. If she's Natalie Portman, he's pulling off a miracle at that point. And you know, he has no real family, so of course like, you know, it's like the kid that gets married at 19 in your high school, like didn't have parents. He's in a hurry to create a family. He wants the thing. He never had. I didn't expect to hear a serious. Anything, I'm blind. I'm back. But I just so no one can answer it, that for me. Well, the, the answer is in the making of. If you've ever watched anything that George Lucas has ever done, making of wise, he always says, "Well, uh, drama has three stages. You get them up a tree, you throw the rocks at them, and then you get them down from the tree, and that's drama. The other, the other three is uh, boy meets girl." boy and girl get married, boy and girl have kids. And that's the prequel trilogy right there. That's all he knows how to do. It's cookie cutter assembly. And when there's not enough action, they invent the droid factory sequence to pad the runtime. I think Tommy knows another story. It's like boy meets girl, get married, break up. Yep. It's your parents. It's right. <laughs> You're right. They were 51 when they got divorced. <laughs> Just a couple of young kids. <laughs> Couldn't make it work, tried their best. So if any of you guys got parents that are still married, but they're not 50 yet, be careful. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You really brought it down there, Steel, thanks. So Star Wars is such an adventurous franchise. There's so much wonder. So it ends in a wedding for no reason. 
And here we are now, the final chapter in the prequel trilogy. We're going to find out the reason that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out the reason that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. So can anyone on this panel actually explain, which is, a lot of people agree, kind of the best of the prequel trilogy, the last one, right? right? You know, I mean, there's uh, The most watchable. Yeah, it's the most, yeah. I mean, stuff actually happens in that movie. It's not, there's less padding, let's say. I was just thankful it was ending. Yeah. (laughs) But, but like, but one thing I don't understand is why is their marriage a secret? So Jedi can't marry for no, for a reason that's really not made completely clear. And it's a complete secret. So what, well, there's also that weirdness where Padme says, I can't get married, I'm a senator. Yeah. You're like, well, you care to explain? No, it's just plot. Yes. And it makes no well, sense. As we know, in our government, senators treat marriage very seriously. <laughs> sure they do. They cherish that, that vow and that sacrament. But t- tell me, in episode three, thoughts on it, or if anyone can even answer the question, why definitively, if you could say in a sentence, why did Anakin Skywalker become Darth Vader? John, can Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> remember, George Lucas said it all hangs on Jar Jar. Remember that? He's, he's like, this he's is the most key. of the key. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, what do you, what, why did Darth, why did Anakin become Darth Vader? Well, in the plot of the movie, there's this whole bumbo jumbo with the bubble opera where uh, where uh, Palpatine tells Anakin that he knows of a guy who can cheat death so he could somehow make Padme live forever because Padme he keeps having dreams that Padme is going to die so he decides to embrace the dark side because if Padme dies he'll be able to bring her back but what he doesn't know is that he's the guy that's going to kill her so it's a whole circle ah. I mean that's the stupid plot of that stupid movie I have no idea why all he knows at the end Anybody who's had children, Padme is dying in childbirth for no reason other than movie sickness. If you guys don't know, movie sickness is when you get really sick in a movie, but you still look really good. It happened in Love Story and Dying Young, and most I'm movies were pretty... so many movies right now. Exactly, right? So even the robot's like, she's dying, we don't know why. Really? Your only job is to tell me why she's dying. And it's really, she's dying of a broken heart. Women don't do that for men when they have children. It never, ever happens. I like that the robot's critiquing the script. Yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. She's dying of a broken heart. The robot says this? <laughs> well, Chelsea, as... You're a woman in the here, and you could maybe answer that question that that Jeff brought up. Broken heart? Is that? I mean, that's no. <laughs> no. As good as you think you are, no. <laughs> Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> so, well, what are your thoughts on episode three? I gotta say, if you want to know why you became Vader, when you pissed off that many of your friends and you get that badly disfigured, I don't think you have many career options. Not in that universe. You're, you're stuck with being a Sith Lord. Yeah. 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 Well, especially, again, when you pissed off all your friends to that point and you're, you've decided you're going to have a laser sword fight, uh, a nice lightsaber battle in front of a volcano, I think you kind of hit rock bottom. <laughs> I would agree. Steele, you're, uh, I know you're a fan of Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, 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 uh, can you answer that question? Or, or Why did he become Darth Vader? Yes, or offer but, some insight. Oh, I think it was like the one pot point that George remembered he had to have continuity for. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> he got the whole thing about Princess Leia saying, oh yeah, I remember my mom for those three seconds. Like, all she'd remember of her mom was Uber, Uber, which hadn't even been invented back then. <laughs> That's true. That's what the, the, the robots that are uh, aiding in the birth of Luke and Leia, they say this, what do they say, say? Uber. So every time I get one, I feel like I've like, come out of Natalie Portman. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yes. It's thrilling, though, and, and quite cheap. <laughs> Uber, that is. Tommy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab at this one, Chris. Uh, I am a child of divorce. <laughs> And when you're a child of divorce, you have friends who don't always make the best decisions. 
and they start off doing small crimes, like stealing Laffy Taffy at the gas station. <laughs> and I feel like Anakin just started off small. He started doing kind of bad things, but he was for a greater good. He wanted to make Natalie Portman live forever. She was having those death dreams. He just spiraled out of control, and he got so evil. The, you know, Laffy Taffy's turned to larger items, like 12 packs of Miller Lite or something like that. Or, carton of cigarettes and then finally he just killed a bunch of Jedi younglings which anybody can understand and no one could really be mad at and by then at that point he's just escalated so far out of control cool mask cool mask all the time that helps you breathe like he kind of got out lucky in my opinion a lot of people don't escape the game watch the wire a great companion piece to Star Wars the game will consume you and he got out so, uh, yeah, it, it checks out for me. Episode three, for me, everything makes perfect sense. <laughs> Including the bubble opera. Mumbo Jumbo at the bubble opera should be a Who album. <laughs> all I can think of. I would buy that. Yeah. And let, let's, let's, we'll jump right into, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to call it A New Hope. I just did. I shouldn't have done that. But, what, but the original Star Wars movie is, I think... An example of you've got Luke now has been adopted parents and is in a relatively, you know, intact family with a little overbearing uncle. He's like a helicopter, uh, you know, Uncle Owen, uh, keeping watch on Luke, not letting him have too much fun. But where, what can we say about uh, the upbringing of Luke and Leia. If you look in, the, in all the Star Wars films, all the characters, at least of the Skywalker family, Luke and Leia seem to have the, the most intact or, or traditional upbringing uh, in terms of their family. Uh, uh, John Schnepp, what are your thoughts? Of, um, and you could talk about, you know, episode four or five or six, mm -hmm. just, just Luke and Leia in particular. Uh, well, you know, the original Star Wars movie to me is pretty flawless. I mean, if you take out, you know, the prequel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. ...and don't add anything. You know, and even the return of the Jedi by making uh, Leia his sister, that was like an added thing. It wasn't any part of this journal, the wills. I don't care who tells me that. It's like... It's not like it was all planned out when he was in college. It was sort of like, oh, maybe this makes sense. You know, it was, it was added on later. Um, so if you, if you discount those things and just watch them as like Star Wars and then the sequel, Empire Strikes Back, I think they're great stories. They're really, really well told. And it tells the story of every single person. A lot of, most people didn't grow up in big cities. Most people grew up in smaller towns. And if they wanted to go experience bigger life or had this source of adventure, like I grew up in a very small town in Connecticut. And I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. So it was sort of like, I literally really empathized and was felt like Luke Skywalker. I saw Star Wars when I was 10. And I was like, man, he's going to go live in a big, go on a big adventure and stuff. And yeah, I moved to Chicago when I was like 17. And so it's literally, I think a lot of people, that's one of the things. It's the journey that you want to go on. And that's what Star Wars is. And that's, I really can't find any fault in the Star Wars film or Empire Strikes Back. We can get on to Return of the Jedi later, so. Uh, Jeff, uh, do you want to tackle that? Like uh, Luke and Leia and their, and their uh, parenting and, and whatnot? Yeah, I, I agree with John that uh, Star Wars is nearly flawless film. Uh, but if you have to take the prequels as, as part of the story, then maybe Luke's got some really bad dark side in him because Owen and Beru age terribly in the 17 years <laughs> that they're there. They're really young, vibrant kids when the kids dropped off. And by age 18, they're like old and gnarled up. And like, they look like, okay, they look like different people. Is it's, what the, I'm it's the twins, it, it's the twin sons of Tatooine, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They look like they moisture farm their face. Yeah, and then, and then piggybacking on Tommy's poor divorced upbringing, maybe when Luke's looking at the two sons, he's not thinking about the future, but my dad's coming to pick me up this weekend because he said he was. I mean, we've all been there, right? 
Wait, Tommy? Oh, I've been there. There you go. <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, just like them, it's, it's really, really hard to critique them. I'm such a big fan. But at the same time, if I got to look at something, it's pretty clear Luke doesn't know much about, about Ben Kenobi out in the desert. He knows he's a hermit. He knows he lives out there. But he goes out, and the guy's like, yeah, I know your dad. And he's like, cool, I'm coming with you. Like, didn't, didn't they teach him about stranger danger? Clearly not. Nope. <laughs> Steel. Well, the weird thing about that, of course, is just some random hobo. And then Princess Leia loses a whole planet, but it's like, no, let's mourn the hobo. Yeah. Like, like Carrie Fisher's there going, there you go. There'll be other hobos. But wait, speaking, speaking of hobos, um, speaking of hobos, I find it strange, I don't know why anyone else has never pointed this out, that Jedi Knights, this symbol in the galaxy, these amazing Jedi Knights, dress like moisture farmers on Tatooine. How come no one has ever noticed that fact? When you finally get to see Jedi, they pretty much dress like moisture farmers on Tatooine. Is that, that makes no sense. You'd think Jedi Knights, they're going to have these cool, badass Games of Throny outfits and... No, they just dress like moisture farmers. Maybe moisture farmers idolize Jedi Knights the way we wear football jerseys. So they dress like Jedi Knights as tribute to their heroes. <laughs> do, now, you think, do you think moisture farmers get angry? Thank you. Salient point by me. Thank you. Do you think moisture farmers get angry that like Jedi are like co-opting moisture farmer culture? <laughs> yes. I, They're I our robes. Look, for me, episodes four through six, aka the sequels, is where the franchise loses me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll talk about it. But it's, yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, listen, I'm a child of divorce. <laughs> and sometimes you gotta go to your aunt and uncle's house for a few weeks to cool off. <laughs> And it's not always as great there as you think it's going to be. Sometimes they try and step in and do some parenting, but they're not your real parents. And so you dream of going somewhere further away. Far, far away. I can't see again, okay? Go back far away. So I think, yeah, it's just, they just made, like, the, the prequels kind of just paid off the impulsiveness of the Skywalker men. Like, they're like, they just want to get out. They're never really happy. They like to whine and dine. Uh... Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. So I'll stop <laughs> abruptly with this pause now. Excellent. <laughs> but there's, there's one thing in Star Wars that people don't really pick up on because R2-D2 knows everything. He was there for the prequels. He knows who's related to who and who shouldn't be hooking up and stuff. Mm. And if you guys remember when R2-D2 first shows the, the message from Princess Leia, he just shows a bit and Luke Skywalker's like, and you think it's because of the restraining bolt that he stopped showing the message. And the message shows up, and he's like, I have to get this message out so we can get this mission underway. And it's like, a, it's like an Instagram boomerang. Yeah. Where it just sort of keeps no, 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 no. Because as soon as Luke Skywalker goes, who is that? She's beautiful. R2-D2's like, nah, dog. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing like, when Leia kisses Luke if R2-D2 just was going crazy in the back. <laughs> no! No, he, he, he somehow digitally plays like banjo music. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it, Ben Burt. <laughs> uh, I think we can real quickly talk about Empire Strikes Back, which everyone, I think, agrees is probably the most perfect film of, of all the Star Wars movies. Um, I mean, it does have, you know, uh, it does have abuse, parental abuse. A father cuts off his son's hand. Not a cool thing to do. Anyone have any thoughts that we could get start with John and, and work our way down real quick? On Empire, anything from that that we've learned? That was bothersome. Because this is what, so what's a little weird is Luke only really cares about his dad, doesn't care about his mom, doesn't know his mom, but doesn't even care, doesn't even ask. You know? Never knew my father, just. I don't, so does that even make sense? Uh, I don't know. Uh, C3PO, when I saw him when I was a little kid, I was always bummed out. He was, he was very mistreated. Got shot in the bits, you know, <laughs> getting his head smashed by Chewbacca. So I feel like C-3PO is owed an apology. Jeff? 
Well, by this time, Leia's parents are both dead, having been destroyed by the Death Star. So like any uh, young teenage daughter, she goes to the first uh, bad boy she can find and starts hooking up with him. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, Luke's got no parents. By this time, she's got no parents. And maybe by the same token, if, again, if you apply the prequels, um, maybe Leia's got some like really good uh, force in her because I saw that Rogue One movie and uh, Bella Organa looked amazing, like hadn't aged a day. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> well, I gotta say it's 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 hard it's hard, um, but I think I think you choose weird times to tell people that you're their father, and I get it. He's trying to stop the fight, but. Of all the times, he's hanging over an open pit instead of being like, why don't we have this conversation on solid ground so I can lure you to the dark side? He's like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, tell you so that maybe you, you fall into the pit. And of course, um, he decides that's the best decision. Um, but it's just, it's just odd, the timing. But I think for the moment, perfect. Well, like any father, he wanted to beat him first before he gave him the option. You know, you're going to mow that lawn. No, I'm not. I'm going to beat you first, then you're going to mow the lawn. Okay, I'll mow the lawn. I don't think it's that different to a dad beating his son in pickup basketball and then at the end dropping a bombshell on him. <laughs> Dominating him physically. And for all intents and purposes, some lighthearted horseplay. And then... <laughs> Just blowing up his world. But also, let me point out in Empire Strikes Back, a flawed film. Uh, Luke Skywalker, much like Anakin Skywalker, goes out in Hoth. He's doing a little, like, frost camping. And he survives on his own, and it makes him tougher. Just like Anakin had to do things on his own. Did not make him tougher in the short term, but in the long term made him tougher. But Luke is the light side of the force so far. We don't, we can speculate later. And I think that it just should, like they, again, it, like when they made the prequels, great movies, love them. They did like, they showed like the opposite, like they, like the Skywalkers went in different directions, like the, like the son and the father, like whenever they faced adversity, they chose like the complete opposite paths, like in both of the, you know, the weaker trilogy and then of course uh, the prequels. <laughs> Steele, did you have any thoughts on that? I try not to have thoughts after he talks. <laughs> it's I don't have them while I'm talking. <laughs> well, let's, let's jump right into Return of the Jedi, the last Star Wars movie. Well, this one I like, because there's dancing. <laughs> there's a song. That's all I have to contribute for that. <laughs> John, and we'll work our way down. Return of the Jedi, which George Lucas, uh, uh, he said, like, well, after, like, that's it. It's six movies. It tells the story of the Skywalker family, and that's it. So, <laughs> wait, that's my horrible George Lucas accent. <laughs> I liked it. Okay. What, what were your thoughts on, on Jedi? I mean, basically, Darth Vader, I mean, it kind of sucks for Luke. He finds out this guy's you know, the most evil person in the galaxy next to the Emperor is his dad. The only, get, the only time they get to play hide-and-seek is on the new Death Star. Right. So that's... Would have been fun, right? But uh, what, what insights do you have for us? I didn't know there were going to be so many Death Stars. You know, that's the way, you know, with the Force Awakens, you got another Death Star. And, you know, the, I remember being, as a kid, when I saw Return of the Jedi, I was a little disappointed that there was another Death Star. I mean, so, you know, I recently saw Return of the Jedi again as an adult, and uh, I actually liked it, you know, way more than I saw it. When I saw it as a kid, I remember I saw it, like, I think in the theaters, like, twice. And I'd seen Empire Strikes Back, like, 15 fucking times. Like, I remember I walked to the, to the theater every, like, every weekend. My parents would let me go. So, um, I guess Return of the Jedi was, uh, it it had to happen because they were like well now the trilogy is complete or whatever they had to make the third one um they could have made four why not why not make a fourth one but you know they had to finish it so it sort of wrapped up i guess um in an okay way with like instead of wookies it was those little tiny teddy bears so 
And they're not that horrible. Like when I watched it again, because because the prequels sucked so bad that when I saw Return of the Jedi again, I was like, oh, this. I don't know. This is actually a kind of a fun, okay, good, semi-good movie compared to the garbage of the trilogy of their prequels. I mean, those are really, really bad films. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's some sweet sugar coating. <laughs> you know what I would say? What's amazing about Return of the Jedi is that it actually completes a story. You know what I mean? Like we find out Leia's his sister, Luke tries to turn Vader to the good side, finally does at the very end. They blow up the Death Star. Lando and Chewie, uh, Lando and Nainam aren't fried like they were supposed to. Nobody dies. They have a big picnic. The ghosts are there, like the Haunted Mansion hitchhiking. It's amazing, right? <laughs> and when the movie ends, you're like, I remember leaving the theater in Anthony 3 going, that's it. Star Wars is done. Awesome. And now it's never, sorry, John. John Schnepp introduced the F word, it's never going to fucking end! <laughs> Star Wars is going to be with us forever, they're never going to complete a story! And when they do, like Rogue One, guess what? Everybody dies! <laughs> How amazing is that? Are they loose ends? No, we kill everybody! Oh, awesome! Oh, I'm sorry. And then we animate poor Carrie Fisher's corpse. So thank you very much, <laughs> Disney and Lucasfilm. <laughs> Oh, come on. I've seen the, the Flonase B looked better than that, Princess Leia. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. I just, I can't, I just, I just, I'm sorry. I, I just, I love stories that end. Like, I love J.K. Rowling. It was like, guess what? The last scene in Harry Potter takes place 20 years later. The story's over. Can we write more? No. Now she's writing more, of course. But... You know, they, they backed the truck up, but they were on a, we used to end <laughs> stories. And Return of the Jedi, everybody's story ends. It's amazing. Everybody, I mean, Luke doesn't have a girlfriend or anything, but that's fine, right? So, you know, what are you going to do? Sorry. I apologize. No, I think that, I think that was very passionate. <laughs> the Flonase B. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Antonio Banderas is... The Flonase bee. I can help you breathe. I can take the plans to Obi-Wan. I wish someone in the audience would just yell out, It's Nasonex! The product is Nasonex, not Flonase. This is the first time a room full of nerds has not corrected somebody. So I applaud everyone for that. Chelsea, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well... It's a, it's a story about overpowering your father at the end of this, so, but one of my absolute, one of the, the moments in, in it that always gets me every single time I watch it is when, you know, we've had the reveal, oh, it's, you're, you're my sister, and um, Han's getting really, really um, jealous that she's going to run off with Luke, and she goes, oh, he's my brother. And, and Han has this moment where he's like, wait a second, didn't you kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> And then everything's cool, and it's glossed over. He never mentions it, which I think is a good call. Because if I was laying, he'd mentioned that, I'd be like, yeah, that's, we're done for today. I'm going, packing it in. Um, but so, you know, that's just one of my favorite, that look, that look of, wait a second. But that's fair enough, I think. He's been in Carbonite, he's a red-blooded Carillion, he's being locked up, he wants to hook up, and she goes, oh no, that's my brother. And then his head, you can see him quick, he goes, Brother, they made out. Oh, she's going to be up for anything. <laughs> and just to correct everyone at the other end of the table, uh, Return of the Jedi is simply the greatest thing that was ever projected on a giant white wall. When Luke motions to R2 to send over the green lightsaber, does a front flip, grabs it and cleans house. Come on. Yeah. 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 And, and if that doesn't get called back to in one of these new films, if Luke Skywalker doesn't ignite the green again, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, the next panel I'm on, after that, I'm going to sound like him. And <laughs> you don't want that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I'm glad it's come back to me. Uh, I have no further thoughts <laughs> on the Empire Strike, or Return of the Jedi. Or the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I just like when people break promises. So I'm glad they made more. And I hope they keep making more forever. 
I just, my only thought on Return of the Jedi is I think it sort of points out, if you look at the history of villains in movies, the leading cause of death is falling down a chasm. Mm. <laughs> Hans Gruber, Die Hard, and you know, just keep going, throw them out. All the villains, Joker and Batman 1989, uh, keep go- they just, they're just- Scar a- from the Lion King? Oh no, Mufasa died that way. Yeah. Oh no, good guys die that way too. Scar from Lion King. Uh, Ronnie just, Cox in Robocop. Yeah, just falling from a giant height is the leading cause of death for villains. They're, they have to have better balance. That's why most villains like caves. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Joker from Batman? Yeah. I've got, yeah, to, keep I've, going. I've got to say, in the Star Wars universe, that could be very easily avoided if they just installed handrails. They have this huge budget for the Death Star. They make this incredible weapon, but nobody thinks, you know, maybe we should have some handrails. It's called the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People should be dying every five minutes on that thing. Yeah. When you arrive, it's like, welcome to the Death Star, and in brackets, no pussies. <laughs> well, let's launch into it, into episode seven, a movie we thought we'd never see, and a whole new group of characters in episode seven. Whether you, you know, dislike the, the plot or not, because it's too similar to Star Wars, it introduced some really amazing new characters that I think we all, we all care about, right? Ray, Finn... Poe Dameron, BB-8, give it up for BB-8, yeah, so, so, uh, like, let's, let's talk about that, the only one we have confirmed is a Skywalker carrying on the Skywalker line, is Kylo Ren a child of space divorce? (laughs) Tommy, what are your thoughts? Well, Chris, as you know, I am a child of divorce, uh, I had no problem with Kylo Ren's actions in the film. The movie made a lot of sense to me. He's angry, and I think what we saw here was a classic Princess Leia, General Leia. Please silence your devices. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Turn them off. Uh, uh, I think, you know, she got adopted. She had kind of a, a nice upbringing. And then when she got married and had children, maybe she was antsy and wanted something more and wanted more adventure, so she divorced Han Solo, who we know is good for a good quip or two, but not a reliable person. (laughs) And so they divorced, and and Ben had no choice but to rebel a little bit, get a little emo, get a little goth, get a fun new weapon. You know, I've gone out in the woods with a BB gun and shot things before. (laughs) I'm not a weirdo, or am I? Yeah. Great point. Thank you, Dad. Okay. Hugs <laughs> later. We've only got five more minutes on the panel, so real quick, thoughts on, on Force Awakens. We, I mean, at least we know one thing, that, that whoever are the parents of Ray were horrible yeah. to leave a little six-year-old to basically fend for herself on another sand planet. It's not Tatooine, but it's another sand planet. Uh, Real quick thoughts on Force Awakens, and we'll speculate on episode eight. Anyone want to jump in? Yeah, maybe Luke felt it was better because, like, his dad got taken away when he was a little kid, and look what happened to him. So maybe he's like, maybe I should abandon my daughter, (laughs) um, if that is truly a Skywalker. So. Well, I I like the theory that we actually do see Rey's parents in Force Awakens, that in the Knights of Ren, that sort of flashback scene, her parents are actually among the dead in that scene. Have you heard that theory online? Also, ask me about my Snoke theory. <laughs> or just look at Tumblr. Okay, so does anyone else? There are lots of Snoke theories there. Anyone else want to jump in on Force Awakens as we have limited time? Well, I think Luke had the right idea. He just took off and like, look, you guys deal with this yourself. You raised a terrible child. I'm not, having, I'm not babysitting him on the weekends. I'm out. I'm not having kids of my own. Because, you know, like you said, everybody in Star Wars has to be connected. Let's hope they break that cycle. You know, I've already made promises to my kids that if Ray turns out to be a Skywalker, I'm just going to get up and leave the theater. I can't take it. If Hayden Christensen shows up in any kind of cameo, I'm out. I can't do it. And I am in. <laughs> can't do it, man. Can't do it. I'm going to name my son Hayden Christensen. <laughs> That's how big of a fan I am. But, with, with the whole Skywalker family thing, I so hope, for Luke's sake, that Ray is not related. 
because he's had such a hard time. He grew up on this little planet, only knew his auntie, the only woman. Then he meets his hot chick, makes out with her sister, and then <laughs> this absolute babe rocks up, and you're like, yes, finally. I'm on this island, and then it's like, it's your daughter. It's like, oh. <laughs> exactly, man, exactly. <laughs> Can't get a break. You know who probably suffered the most was Chewbacca. His, like Kylo Ren's dad's cool best friend. You know, because kids will turn to the dad's best friend. My dad had a friend named Ricky Gambato. He was a gambler. And I used to, like, he taught me how to play poker. I bet Chewie had to teach Kylo Ren all sorts of cool stuff. And then Kylo Ren turned bad, and Chewie felt bad about it, and he got real sad. And, you know, that's why he winged him at the end instead of just blowing his head off like he easily could have with his crazy crossbow. <laughs> I just shot him in the side, a little flesh wound. Who hasn't gotten shot in the side here? Show of hands, honestly. Who hasn't? <laughs> Three of you, great. <laughs> we, we literally have just uh, a minute left, so oh, I'm sorry. Uh, specu your speculation for episode eight, uh, eight, 20 seconds, everybody, down the line, uh, starting with John. Kick-ass green lightsaber battle with Luke. Cool. Death Star 3. <laughs> Wouldn't it be four at this point? They, the, it, yeah, the, what was it? Starkiller base. But see, like, for nostalgia's sake, they're going to go, Death Star under construction, opening 2019, Disneyland. And we're all gonna go, yeah! Death Star! Yes! What's your episode eight speculation, uh, Chelsea? Uh, as always, uh, the droid's gonna be the funniest thing in the movie, uh, BB-8, because everybody loves BB-8. They gotta bring, they gotta, and then um, um, I'm really, just like everybody else, I'm hoping raised not related to Luke. I'm just, because again, exactly what you said. Poor Luke's kind of, he's, he's had a bad run. He's a bad, bad track run. record. <laughs> Steel. Uh, Snoke is a character that's never been in the series ever before, and he's about seven foot, and he looks horrible. <laughs> I just hope everybody gets along. <laughs> <laughs> Star friends. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that scene when Kylo Ren meets Luke and says, Hey, uncle. He's, he's his uncle, and that's his nephew, and I don't know if that's as powerful as a father-son fighting thing. He's gonna so, he was surprised by that. We're going to end up in episode nine doing, like, space balls. I'm your nephew's cousin's uncle's roommate. Ah. And then finally, we'll all be full circle. And on that note, I want to thank everyone on this panel. John Schnapp, Jeff Tucker, Chelsea Blackstone, Steel Saunders, Tommy Bechtel, thank you so much. Let's, uh, we'll all see you, of course, in the theater in, in December. All right, that was super fun. I hope you enjoyed the recording, and I hope it will not be my last appearance before one of those sweet Comic Con logo backdrops with a microphone. Thanks so much, Chris for inviting us and uh, thanks for all the panelists. I had the best time. Now, as I said at the top of the episode, uh, after this on the feed, you're going to get some uh, more fun from San Diego Comic Con. We've got an interview with Hasbro Talk and Star Wars. And before this on the feed, we've got some really fun uh, party type coverage and a really interesting interview with Mark from Funko Toys, talking the history of Funko and Star Wars. And everywhere, all down the feed, we have got some really funny, really insightful Star Wars interviews. So check those out. And may that force be with you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.